Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Now let's join Pastor Jared with today's message. John chapter uh, 19, verses 28 through 30. Let's read them, and then we'll dedicate the remaining time to the Lord in prayer. It's going to be very familiar to you. This is uh, the conclusion of Jesus' time on the cross. And John writes in verse 28, After this Jesus, knowing that uh, all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine. They put it on hyssop and put it uh, to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Lord, we pray that you would just add your blessing to the reading of your word. Lord, as we look to this um, final moment on the cross, I just pray, Lord, that what was accomplished, Lord, would be refreshed within our hearts. I pray, Lord God, that in any way that we need to turn and to look to what you have done there, Lord, may you do that work in our lives. So, Lord, we, we pray, give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say. Give us hearts that are open. I pray that we would just be filled with all that is you in these remaining moments that we have. And we thank you today for the cross. We thank you for the victory that was won there. We thank you, Lord, that what was accomplished through your death, Lord, was final, it was complete, and it was transformational. And we say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as Pastor Marty already made mention, we are celebrating water baptism next service. So let me just invite you. I hope that you feel like this morning you can maybe just stay a little while longer and uh, be a part of the beginning of the second service because we'll be one worship song and then right to baptism. So we won't keep you long, but we're celebrating today. You know, four different individuals, three adults and one student who have said yes to the Lord and and have experienced the new life that only He can give. And and it's going to be a great moment of celebration because God has just done a remarkable work in each and every one of them. I just found myself this week as, as we were on the phone and, and they were sharing their testimony and the significance of uh, the decision they have made and why they've chosen to be baptized. I just, I just kind of felt myself sitting back in my chair hearing those words and being just filled up with gratitude and being overfilled with joy because the Gospel had brought transformation. And I want you to be a part of that today. I want you to, to experience that, that very same thing because, you know, it just refreshed me as I heard their stories. And it's going to refresh you and inspire you also. And I just kind of felt today that, 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 that tug in my heart that just said, you know, as we celebrate water baptism, it's appropriate to look at the cross today and, and, and to recognize what our Lord Jesus did there because you know it's not 
an event that just took place in the past, but rather it's an event that impacts our lives every day. And I want to begin with a story that's going to really kind of illustrate the significance of the cross. And I'm going to throw one word out there, and then I'm going to pause for a minute, because I think you're going to know where I'm going immediately. So as I, share out, as I throw out this one word, you know, I want you to just kind of say the next words that come to your mind. And that word is this, Houston, we have a problem. That's right. You remember that phrase, don't you? It's really ingrained within the fabric of our society. It's one of those historical events that will never be forgotten. There were the words of, of, of Jim Lovell on the evening of April 13, 1970. They were nearly 56 hours into a mission to the moon and there was an explosion aboard the spacecraft which plunged the crew into a fight for their survival. And within less than a minute, there was a cascade of system failure. That just means it got really bad fast. And uh, the... Um, NASA flight controller on the ground in Houston said this, it was all at one time a monstrous failure. The spacecraft, as you know it, looped around the moon using uh, its gravity to return to earth and millions of people followed the drama on television and eventually the capsule splashed down in the Pacific Ocean near Tonga. In an article titled Apollo 13 From Disaster to Triumph, the BBC science reporter wrote this. He said, Although the mission was not a success from a conventional perspective, it was a triumph of ingenuity and determination. And Jim Lovell, the captain of the ship, said it showed the people of the world that even if there was a great catastrophe, it could be turned into success. And that was true. It was a great triumph over a very difficult situation. And on a very, very small scale, it kind of paints a picture and reminds us of what Jesus did on the cross. Because the supreme example of triumph coming out of apparent catastrophe is Jesus' death on the cross. You know, they, they, it's, it is written in the Scriptures that had they known, they never would have crucified Him. Here we have this scene on Golgotha where it appears as though the Son of God is dying and will have no influence because He's been defeated. But out of that apparent catastrophe comes the ultimate triumph for you and me. So we can all say of ourselves, not Houston, we've got a problem, but rather God, I've got a problem. <laughs> And the cross reminds us of where we find our solution and our answer and the hope that we need. Because the last words of Jesus as He hung there, it is finished, provide confidence and assurance to you and I as we live out this 
life. What did it is finished mean? They're important words that we should not overlook. It is finished is an indication that uh, the work of redemption has been completed once and for all. See, we're celebrating redemption through baptism. That God took lives that were in a very challenging place. And He gave them victory. And that victory that it is finished symbolizes is one that is once and for all. The moment of salvation and every moment when you need it. It's continuous. But you know, it didn't look that way. As Jesus hung on the cross, He didn't look triumphant. He didn't look anything like a king. (laughs) But that wasn't the end of the story rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And because of that, it is finished, is really a shout of victory. And you know what, church? I just this morning want to give you permission to raise that shout in your life. Think about this for a second. Even after you know Christ. (laughs) You know, there are disasters and catastrophes that come upon us. And I encourage you today that in those moments, raise a shout of victory. Because it is finished. Jesus has triumphed. And what He did on the cross is central to our identity and how we follow Him. (laughs) You know, when things look bad, all that we need to do is look back to the cross. Why? Because the cross is where God's love was demonstrated and revealed. And because of what was done there, you can say this confidently. I am loved. In fact, I just want you to take a moment to just kind of recite that back to yourself. You remind your soul today, I am loved. Come on, do it again. Let's let it just kind of sink in. I am loved. Come on, join us at home today as we Say this one more time together. I am loved. The cross is where God's love for us was demonstrated and revealed. Romans 5.8 says this. But God demonstrated His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, we didn't have to make ourselves righteous before God decided to send His Son to die for us. But rather, He saw us in our state. And because of His love, He sent His Son to die there for us. And because of that, 
I, I want you to never doubt God's love for you. Never doubt it. It is consistent. It is true. It ministers to us. It provides our every need even when we don't know the need. He pours it out because He loves us. And you know, in those moments when you think on the wrongs that you have done, and maybe you wonder, how could He love me? The cross answers the question. Because it reminds us that He loves us once and for all. And He'll keep on loving us. Until the day that He returns, and if you are found in Him, it will go on for eternity. I want that to kind of settle in today so you can receive His peace. You are loved. I um, have just kind of begun to, to, to do a little bit of study and, and reading on something that I wasn't super familiar with up until recently. And it is um, a phrase about anxiety that is maybe a little bit outside the norm of what we are used to thinking about in relation to anxiety. And it's, it's, it's a phrase called this, high-functioning anxiety. And, and I've, been, I've been reading on this because, you know, in our society right now, fear and anxiety are at very, very high levels. Very high levels. And this, um, this phrase, high-functioning anxiety, it, it kind of um, opens the window to understanding an anxiety that kind of functions a little bit more behind the scenes and can be masked a little bit easier than some of the uh, anxieties that we see manifest. Because high-functioning anxiety works this way. It, it, it has um, a tendency to push the person towards a, a perfectionism. And it um, is something that is oftentimes not expressed, but found within the confines of the mind and how the mind is processing things. And it, and it oftentimes causes the mind to process things in this way. There's, there, there, there's a constant evaluation going on. I, I should have done better. I could have done better. I'm looking back at something that I've done and I'm thinking and I'm obsessing and I'm focused upon it in a way that is not productive but a little negative because the um, outcome is always I wasn't good enough or didn't do good enough. And it generates an anxiety within us. And it oftentimes is one of those silent controllers because, uh, you know, people who deal with that oftentimes can look just very put together. 
and have great success. But there is always this void and this um, nagging voice that just says it wasn't good enough. And, and, and why, do I, why do I share that with you today? It's, it's, it's because as believers in this world, we've not been given a spirit of fear. It, 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 it's, it's a spirit that is, you know, something that, that may try to influence us, but we are to never be under its control. And in Christ, and because of what He has done on the cross, we always have a place to go, a place to turn that is higher than us. But there's a, a step that we have to take to enter into the fullness of what Jesus has purchased for us. And, 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 and perhaps it's one of the most difficult steps to take. And it's this. We have to give up control. And we have to learn how to find rest in Him. Because you know what? He is always able to do more than we can. And when our, our focus is placed upon what we can do, we close the door on what God can do through us. And today as we look at it is finished and what Christ has accomplished on the cross and the fact that in His death, God's love was demonstrated to us. I call you and I lead you into a place of rest in Him that breaks the power of the spirit of fear and anxiety. And the way that you open the door to what only God can do in your life is you first must recognize that His love is greater than everything. It's greater than everything. And in His love, we can find a rest in Him that just gives up control and says, you know, Lord, use me, but also work through me. It's not all about what I can do. It's about what you want to do in me. And you know, I, I, I just feel like maybe there's some of us today that are in a place where we need to just say, Lord, fill that space of my life. Because I've been battling things in my own strength and I need to recognize that You've already won the victory. And it's not always about the things that we do with our hands. Sometimes it's about the things that are outside of our control completely. Completely. You know, choices that other people make. You know, things that are happening culturally. Those things should not control us. They should not bind us up. They should not be in the driver's seat. But rather, our response should be, Lord, I'm going to do what You've called me to do. I'm going to be a light where I can be a light. And the things that are outside of my control, I put them in Your hands. 
And let me just give you a little bit of encouragement. I, you know, I, I've said in recent weeks that, you know what? I, I, there's no other time I would rather be alive. I'm excited to be alive right now. You know, because there is a tenderness and a hunger for truth in our nation that I haven't seen probably since 9-11. And I'm having more conversations with neighbors and, and, and just like people out in the marketplace. It's like when I walk into the store right now, it's not you know, just about going to buy an electrical switch, but it's just very much about like whose path am I going to cross, Lord? And I'm excited. I'm excited. And I'm not downcast and overwhelmed and pessimistic because here's the truth of the Scripture. Our God holds the hearts of kings in His hand. In His hand. And He is the one who draws people to the Father. And I'm excited because there's plenty of opportunity for that to happen and for him to show himself strong in that way. <laughs> so the cross reminds us that we are loved. And I want you to rest in that love today, church. And, and I'm going to just kind of lead you in something that we don't normally do. And I just believe it'll open your door to a great, open the door of your heart to a deeper level. And I'm going to lead you in a children's chorus that will be very familiar with you, to you. Because, you know, oftentimes in song, parts of our hearts open up and God is able to fill them. So just join me in this familiar children's chorus. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me. Lord, I just pray you'd fill every one of us with your love again today. May what you have done be fresh and real to all of us here and to all of us at home. The cross is where God's love was demonstrated and revealed. Receive it today. Receive it today. The cross is also where we are infused with His grace and His love. And because of that, we are whole. 
Preach that to yourself this morning. Say it to yourself. I am whole. I am whole. The Scriptures say we are lacking in nothing. That means you have all that you need. You are whole. It doesn't matter where you have come from. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what other people have done. You are whole. Because when we come to the cross on that first day, and every day thereafter, we are infused with His love and His grace and His peace and His mercy and everything that is found in Him. And this is what the Scriptures say about what is found in Him. It is perfect. Every perfect thing comes from above. Every good thing comes from above above Colossians 1 5 through 8 it's a little bit lengthy you know but it just emphasizes this point of wholeness and being infused with those things that are found in God of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel which has come to you as it is also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as you learn from Epaphras our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf who also declared to us your love in the spirit <laughs> listen to the process here you hear the gospel you respond to the gospel the gospel bears a fruit in our life that the world cannot produce and then there are precious saints that come alongside of us, like Epaphras. And through their testimony and through their ministry, there are, are greater things revealed that then become a part of us. We are infused. <laughs> and here's the simple truth. The more time we spend at the foot of the cross, the more you will become like the one who died there. <laughs> It really is that simple. Paul knew that the world would provide many alternatives of things that want our attention and want us to turn to them. And there's more today than there was then. It's the same spirit at work in the world, but a whole lot more opportunity. But when we come to the cross, we're infused with those things that are found in God. I love that other old chorus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. <laughs> and I'll get the rest of it wrong. Look full in His wondrous grace, I think it is, right? Or face. And the things of earth, they grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory and grace. You see, when we look upon Him, Everything else is minimized. And that's the, the way the Lord wants it. That's the way He wanted it from the beginning. You see, when, when man was created in His image and likeness, and He breathed into us, and He filled us with His life and His Spirit, we were set apart, we were different. The Lord wanted unbroken fellowship. 
And Adam and Eve experienced it for a short period. They walked with Him in the cool of the day in Eden. And and that is what God wanted. Unbroken relationship. But then sin came into the world and brought separation. It took the cross to restore things. So we we see this reality unfolding in the Scripture of God's perfect plan. Man ruining that plan. And then God in His power and His grace restoring and redeeming mankind so that we could know Him fully. And as you look at the cross today and as we see it as that that place where we turn so that we can be whole and filled with grace and love know that this is the way that god has wanted it from the beginning so turn to him with hunger turn to him in confidence turn to him with expectation because the cross restores what was lost I think maybe I was feeling a little musical this morning. I don't know. (laughs) I can't sing to save my life, but I just had, you know, as I was reviewing my notes, just kind of some old choruses coming back to make the point. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Friends, turn to the cross. Because there you find everything made available that was lost. Everything. See, he didn't just win. <laughs> and, and it wasn't just a, you know, a, a fruitless victory that was celebrated for a moment, but it was a victory that changed everything. And you know, history doesn't even deny the fact that he died on the cross. In fact, it orients everything around that moment, B.C. and A.D. We need to remember the significance and the substance. Because his triumph invites us to put our confidence in him. And to receive what he can only give. And let me give you a quote from C.S. Lewis. I thought he really kind of illustrated it well. He said, Our highest activity must be response, not initiative, to experience the love of God in a true and not an illusionary form, is therefore to experience it as surrender to his demand and our conformity to His desire. As you see, when we come to the cross, we surrender there. And that's when He fills us. That is when we are made whole. Let me give you one final thing quickly. 
cross is where God's love was demonstrated. The cross is where we are infused with His grace and His love and all that we need. But then the cross of Christ has removed all obstacles. And because of that, your identity is this. You are free. You are free. Preach that to yourself. Tell yourself today in your spirit, I am free. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. You see, the cross, it secured our salvation. In Him we are made holy and we are lacking in nothing. We are free to focus our minds on God and the things that are important to Him. Because every obstacle has been removed. Here's the significance of the cross. We are made alive. There. See, there is life where death once reigned, and that's life without Christ. And when we receive Christ, He now reigns. And His life is now ours. Every obstacle has been removed. And here's the simplicity of that reality. We do not live defeated. There's, there's a tendency, I think, among the greater church right now to react. And uh, to take on a little bit of a defeatist mentality and a little bit of a pessimistic worldview. Or even view for our own lives. You know, something begins to happen. As believers, our first response should not be, oh, this is bad and, it, and there ain't no way it's going to get better. See, our, our, our minds should not immediately go towards defeat and being overcome. But rather, we should turn to the cross because there every obstacle has been removed. And you know, when you are dealing with situations where there is more than one person involved, there is more than one free will involved too. Okay? So you can't control someone else's response or actions. You can try, but you will become very frustrated. Because they have a free will and they make their own choices. So you might say, well, I thought all obstacles were removed. Every obstacle can be removed in your life in regards to how you respond to those kinds of moments. all about right here you know when the anger wants to rise up 
when the frustration wants to overcome you. When hopelessness is knocking at the door. When the voice whispers, this is bad and there ain't no way it's going to get better. You can turn to the cross and you can say, Jesus, I give you every one of these burdens. And I declare that they don't have jurisdiction or authority over me because I am yours. I am yours. We sang that in one of the choruses this morning. Lord, I call on your name because I am yours. You know what? That's what the Christian life looks like. <laughs> Calling on his name. Because he loves us, because he gives us what we need, and because his victory was so final and so complete and so total. He has authority over everything and he is the one who can remove it and get it out of the way. And he does it every day. <laughs> we need to turn to him. I just, um, just kind of had this thought as uh, I was wrapping up my sermon writing time on Thursday and it was it was just this it was Lord don't let your death on the cross for us just become words on a page or powerless doctrine but Lord let it speak to us today let it become alive in us today let it become something that is working in us today. And, and, and I remind you that if you know, if it, if it just kind of feels like there is some level of catastrophe and devastation in your life, know this. It appeared that way for Jesus on the cross. But it became the ultimate triumph. And when we are in Him, same can be true for us. Why don't we stand? While he hung there on the cross, it appeared as though he had failed. It appeared as though hate had conquered love. <laughs> it appeared as though the darkness had overcome the light. And then on the third day, you know, maybe you kind of feel like you're in between the cross and the third day right now. You just take a moment to 
present to the Lord that thing that is present in your life. I want to give you that, um, that quiet time before we go with God right now. Just ask Him to make application. To build your faith. To reveal His love. To provide what you need. You know, let your victory shout this morning. Just be, He is able. He is enough. And if you're here this morning, you would say, you know, I just need a greater degree of that reality in my life. There's something going on. And I need that power of the cross to be present today would you just raise a hand I want to I want to close and praying for you yeah let me see those hands let's see those hands just from one end of the building to the other Lord you see the response of your children Lord our hearts are open to you Lord at home hearts are responding to you right now and Lord I just pray for a lifting up I pray for an increase today Lord, I pray you'd fill the places that are empty I pray you would provide every kingdom resource that is needed and I pray that today Lord we would just leave here with Lord, a sense of triumph and victory being at hand. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. And that we can look to you for all that we need. Lord, we just pray for those being baptized today. Lord, let this just be a moment that just seals the work that you've already done. Lord, and I pray that this, this group of four would become world changers for you, filled with your fire, filled with your boldness. May they inspire and encourage all of us today, Lord, to follow you in the same way. So Lord, as we, as we stay and we celebrate, we just pray your blessing upon us. Thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, I pray for your grace and your peace to be upon your people. I pray for you to watch over us and to keep us. And I pray, my Father, that you would use us, Lord, throughout the week and you would bring us back again safely next week. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on our live stream today. Our hope is that you will discover life in Christ. If you have a prayer need, please take time to fill out a connection card from our website, or you may also send an email to prayer at rockchurch.net, and one of our pastors will follow up with you as soon as possible. 
For more information about our church, please visit our website at rockchurch.net. We hope to see you in person for one of our live services on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. God bless you today.